Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yes, round two of the Hang Time podcast coming at you. Sekou Smith from NBA.com in the Hang Time blog here with my co-host, Vince Thomas of Slam, of ESPN, of NBA.com, yeah, of everywhere. Yeah, What's yeah. happening? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm like everybody else in America <laughs> right now. You know, bracket is shot, huh? Man, I'm, I'm like, I spent all that money and all that time at a bar for this? Well, I warned you. I warned you last time. Wow. Steer clear of the racket uh, like, of the bracket. I mean, I guess, I, I, I guess when you think about it, that – what like three I think three number one seeds I'm pulling up a bracket right now I think three of the Kansas was the only number one seed that but that got bounced but Georgetown got bounced you know what I mean but doesn't Kansas do this it seems like all the time they just won a championship the other year I know but I mean it's like aren't they a team that's always losing when they're not supposed to in the the tournament it's one of the listen I know it's tournament mania for everybody and this that Mm -hmm. the other it's the one thing about the pros that I like that the college, you know, the college kids don't have is there's something about a series, Vince, where you where you guarantee that you don't get a fluky one night deal where you know, and I, and I I'm not arguing that's not intriguing and the drama of that is not fantastic, but I like the idea of the best team getting a chance to show us the best team as opposed to Cinder. I'm not a big Cinderella guy. I, I no, no, I'm not, not a Cinderella guy at all. I mean, I I, I think that. You know the NBA pod. Excuse me, the NBA playoffs um, are for real basketball fans. You know the college uh, tournament is for just regular people. That oh, you know Northern Iowa upset whomever. Oh, that's great, and you to go to the the bar and root against the the the, the Goliath and root for David to win. I'm a basketball fan. When all is said and done, ultimately, I want to see the best basketball possible, and I think that's what we get with the NBA playoffs. We always see well, – not always see, but typically we see the best teams advance, and if a, a, a lower-seeded team advances, they show them proof to advance. I mean, they beat someone – they beat a tougher team in a seven-game series. No, I, I agree. I agree. And and before we uh, slip too down, uh, too far down our uh, our ladder here on, on today's show, um, we need to – Make sure we mention that we're going to be joined by Bomani Jones yeah. of the Morning Jones and, uh, ESPN page two, and also my main man Mark Spears of Yahoo Sports will be joining us as well. Long time NBA talking, uh, yeah, talking a lot of uh, pressing issues in basketball today is among and among other things. Uh, Could you, you see know. if the hit hit us up um, at Hang Time Podcast? Hit me up at Vince Ca um, on, on Twitter. Hit, hit say up at at, at Seku Smith one. Um, you know, let, let let us know what you're thinking while you're while you're listening to us. But I like say, could you imagine if the NBA took you know all 16 or 32 teams and had a one and done? That would just be stupid. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm sitting around wishing I could watch the Nets get blown out by 55 to the Lakers or Cleveland or somebody. Man, I don't listen. There's something that you have to 
achieve a certain standard to yeah, make the postseason. Absolutely. And then from there, you need to be able to hold your own, not on Tuesday night, but mm-hmm. I'm talking about over the course of a series where you can really determine the best of the best. I, I love the college game, and I love the – but I'm not going to remember these the cats from uh, St. Mary's past – you know, right. the minute they're done, right? they're history. And you know what else I hate? I, I need to stop using that word hate, right? No, I like I mean, a lot of hate. <laughs> I am a hater. I'm the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, you know what I dislike greatly are these people that say um, that that are so into college basketball, and then they say, "Oh, but you know, I don't get down with the pro game." Really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> why not? You know, it's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> for years, I covered college sports for six years before I started covering the league, mm-hmm. and. All of my friends when I was covering colleges would be like, oh, man, you know, they were big NBA fans. And I was so locked in watching the the teams I was covering and watching the college games that I didn't really pay as close attention to the NBA. So to me, like a lot of people who are not, you know, really fans of, of the NBA, I spent a lot of time complaining about the NBA because I watched it during the playoffs. And I was like, well, this is scripted. This, You know, the Celtics are going to win no matter what happens. But what I didn't get was – that was the product of an 82-game season and the fact that the Celtics were a better <laughs> team were you? Were you five? than some of those other teams. No, I'm serious. Like, you were a grown man, a sports reporter. I mean, you really thought that that was the – like you. It just you, felt – You diminished the if playoffs you like No, that? if you didn't – if you don't – like the way you watch the NBA now compared to what, the way you watch it when you were younger and you didn't cover the league, to me is really different as a fan. Yeah, man. You know, you once you start watching this game on a nightly basis and really studying what they're doing and how it's done, there's a reason <laughs> – the dominant teams Absolutely. are the dominant teams, and you appreciate that more, I think, mm-hmm. when you deal with this league on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of the best basketball. I love I love the tournament. I'll be in, I'll be you know in front of a television all weekend from Thursday through Sunday. But give me the playoffs, baby. Well, speaking of playoffs, 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 we got a prime time playoffs? playoff player joining us now, uh, Bomani Jones of the Morning Jones. <laughs> On Sirius Channel 98 and an ESPN page, two columnists yeah. is rocking with us on the Hangtime Podcast. Bomani, what's happening? Hey, man, just trying to help y'all bring the property value up. <laughs> yeah. Well, we need all the help we can get. Bo you, Bo, you do this for a living, right? So what did you think about Sekou's segue, calling you a, a primetime playoff performer in order, to, in order to get you on the phone? Be honest. I mean, look, I ain't really about to argue with you. <laughs> look, I don't know who might be listening. If they want to believe it, the last thing I'm about to do is tell on myself, fake it till you make it in 2010. Exactly. Yeah, Vince, so, Vince is not a fan of my Barnum and Bailey tactics. You know, he's he's such a young cat. I mean, I think the only circus he's ever been to is Universal Circus. Yeah, but you know what it is, though, man, is that me and you kind of have that Atlanta connection. Exactly. And oh, Vince is too man. busy talking bad about us and calling us bumpkins. As, <laughs> as if in where I live now, North Carolina, they don't call his city Buffatucky. <laughs> <laughs> Buffatucky. Yes. You got a NASCAR okay. track up there and everything. Wait, hold on. Exactly. We got a NASCAR track in Buffalo? Well, uh, somewhere around Watkins Glen, that up there in New York somewhere. Yeah. Uh, man, you must be talking about way way east, uh, you know, around the farms, man. I come, you need to make it home I come from a midside. It, you know what? The size of the city doesn't doesn't make – you know the city. You know, I agree. You know, so you can you can be a, a a huge city like Atlanta and have a high bumpkin factor. Well, I'm from Houston. Houston is country is a buttermilk biscuit. I'd be <laughs> the first on. person to tell you. Come on, I mean, I I can tell you from Houston if you if you're using you know analogies like country or similes country as a buttermilk biscuit. Come on, man. What are you talking about over here? I'm sorry. We spicy like them oversauce wings. <laughs> that better. There you go. We good with that. Listen, Bomani. North Carolina, I mean, 
it was the center of the basketball universe here recently with the with the announcement that Michael Jordan was becoming the majority owner of the Charlotte Bobcats. First time a, a former player has taken on that role in the NBA. What kind of story was that on the ground in North Carolina in terms of fans and, and the people up there and what they were talking about? Was it as big a deal as it as was made out of it on ESPN and, you know, here obviously at NBA.com and NBA TV and other places like that? Well, I think it would be a bigger deal if Bob Johnson had done something to make basketball in Charlotte more interesting. And, I mean, he had a tough go with it because the way things ended with George Shin, the whole area was just really down on this idea of just professional basketball. They've got their college teams. North Carolina was great at the time. So, that you know, that takes away a lot of attention. But Jordan owning the team, I think there's a lot of skepticism from people just because of the ways that people perceive Michael as an executive. And I think he's been better the last couple of years than people think. But the dominant picture is still Michael Jordan smoking cigars on golf courses. <laughs> I mean, I, but you know what, though, Bo? I don't care about that. It, it, because I'm, I'm, not a, I, I'm a fan of the NBA, um, and I, I do like the, the, the Bobcats. But I, I think that the biggest story here is the fact that a former athlete is now the owner of a team. Um, because, uh, you know, athletes are no different than, let's say, the musicians of the of the old days. You know, like I, I read a, a story in Jazz Times the other day where Char- Charles Mingus's wife was, you know, up in arms because she hasn't gotten a red cent out of all these reissues of, of, of his albums. You know what I mean? And I mean that you can go down the line uh, with uh, recording artists of how um, they don't own anything. So they're always getting jerked. And I'm not saying that athletes get jerked, but what I what I am saying is that when you have an athlete and you and you put them in an ownership position, if and if others follow in the, in the coming years, decades, I really think that that changes the dynamic of sports. I think it does largely. The only thing that worries me about that is a significant part of how Michael Jordan was able to amass that fortune fortune was at the expense of the other players. I mean, he and David Falk made the union almost impotent for his time in the league. And remember, in the, you know, the lockout in 98, David Falk almost ruined everything for the players all by himself, worried about the clients that he had. So for Jordan, it's good that you got the money, but I've always been of the belief there are only a couple of honorable ways to make that much money. <laughs> I mean, really, it's hard to get rich and be honorable. Well, remember, this is an NBA podcast. Okay? I'll take rich. I, I don't know about y'all. Oh, I mean, don't get me wrong. All those rich people that y'all work for, oh, dude, that's the <laughs> Absolutely, man. I, I, you know, clean it up. <laughs> Say, did you want to chime in? Because you know I'm ready to go. You know, I, I see you over there, you know, getting lathered I'm, up. I'm chiming like, hey. at the bit. Let, what's up? I mean, Bomani, I, I really, beyond Jordan's story, you know, as an owner, I've been to Charlotte a ton of times now uh, since the Bobcats have have been there. What is it going? I mean, is he enough to get people out to watch this team? What, what's it going to take? That's, that's well, they're going to have to win. I mean, they're going to have to win, and they're going to have to win a, a bit more than they do now. Um, what I'm we're always worried about with them, though, is what are they going to do when Larry Brown gets bored? <laughs> You know, and, and, you know, we're coming around that time, and I think that Larry likes working for Jordan because they have, you know, they've got all kinds of connections, and Jordan has given him the team he wanted, gave him Steven Jackson, who's as probably the most underrated acquisition anybody made this year because he finally gave this team personality. But I think if you get them in the playoffs and they win a couple of games, you know, win some games, I think things will change. But I think one other factor that people don't talk about with the Bobcats is um, – Bob Johnson signed a deal with Time Warner Cable. They named the arena, and, like, I have DirecTV at my house. 
I can't watch the Bobcats even on the league pass. Right. I can't see them at all. And I've I've never heard of anyone who's made it more difficult to get into his product outside of Charlotte, because this could be the team for the state. But there's the DirecTV deal. Um, there's another – he's done a couple of other things. Oh, he tried to scrap the entire radio network a couple of years ago because he didn't think it made money. Now, how are you going to grow your product without a radio network? Right. So I think if Jordan buys in more to the idea that you can't just put an M- a team in the NBA and then leave it there, they might – I don't think they can go to the lengths that Mark Cuban went to to, you know, reinvigorate basketball in Dallas, but I think it's going to take something like that. Well, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that. I, I watched the uh, press conference he had, and I was – and it struck me that he talked about this is not only a team for Charlotte, but North Carolina and South Carolina. Now, living in this region, I understand how people in the Carolinas consider themselves a part of that same region, obviously, even though they're from different states. That's the first time I've heard anybody with the Bobcats talk about it in that context, which I think is a genius move because you better start treating them like a regional product that they have Absolutely. to be. But look, look, see, I, I want to get your perspective on this, Bo. Um, being a southerner, I, w- I was about to call you a bumpkin, but I, you know, I refrain. Here we go with but the buttermilk biscuits again. <laughs> being, Good call. Being, being a southerner, what? Why is it that you need for a team to win sixty games in order for fans to come out? I don't. I, 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 one thing about this area, and it's a huge thing in Atlanta, and is that regional identity is largely formed by the colleges. And they feel a much more personal attachment to college football and college basketball because the players are local and it's much more representative of them. And we got these people in the streets that call us bumpkins, therefore we like to represent for them. And colleges have always been, I think, the, the better vehicle for that. Atlanta's weird, though, because there's so many transplants and the professional sports for the better part of all of our lifetimes have been abysmal. So I think there's never been any reason to. And, and Charlotte, one of the deals, Charlotte, we can't forget. They sold out that 22,000-seat arena night after night after night after night after night until George Shen messed it all up. And the Omni, and, but see, and, and the Omni was packed during the, during the Neek era, too. But, you know, recently it's like, you know, people keep pulling out, you know, this, this rhetoric of, well, you know, if you put a winner together, the people will come out. And, I mean, I don't, if, if I lived in Charlotte, I would want to see that team play. It's a young team. Um, it's, a, it's a team that's, that's new on the horizon. Like, I, I don't understand. I mean, Jordan has – in place right now a product that I think the local community should support, support especially because it's an underdog. And, like, you know, but I think, I, I think it will come. I really do. But I also think Bob Johnson, and, and I hate to talk – no, I don't. Bob <laughs> alienated – part of it, this isn't really his fault, but, you know, doing business in Charlotte involves navigating through the political channels and all, you know, the business community of Charlotte, which he was never particularly good at. And – his the business model that he used at BET, which was do it cheap and make all the money you can. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with a professional sports franchise. You know, like mm-hmm. the, last year, the decision not to send a summer league team and it's, it's putting Gerald Henderson basically with his homeboy Wayne Ellington, hoping they'll pick him up for run. Right? Mm-hmm. That's a bad look. It looked like he didn't care so much about the franchise, so it was hard for I think the city to care. But I do one thing about Mike. I think we'll have to say is as competitive as he is. Right. He's going to push to put the product out there, and I think he's going to show up in more games. And I think for him it's better to be an owner also because if he's not there all the time or he's not right. there as much, it's different as an owner. If somebody else has got personnel control, then I think Mike can do the glad handing and he can get out and get people behind it. And I think if this team, not even 60 wins, say they win 48-52, to 52, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. I think they'll get a lot more interest in Charlotte because people love basketball in this state. I mean, I'm, that's that's the thing. And, and you know, sp- speaking of Jordan and the larger issue of him as a former athlete becoming an owner, um, one of the things that um, really gets to me about, for instance, recently there was that outside the lines um, piece on Antoine Walker about how he lost um, basically you know, well over $100 million, and, not, and now he's broke. And a lot, of, a lot of times athletes go broke for a number of reasons, but one of the main reasons is because they make bad investments. And obviously we don't know the ins and outs of Jordan's investment, but, you know, a lot of his money came from endorsements. Like he, he got paid, you know, through Nike and, and, you know, whatever else. So when you start looking at the larger issue of will we see a dynamic in sports in let's say 20 or 30 years where there are multiple former athletes as owners you know it it gives it gives us pause because if it's if it's if it's um predicated on athletes investing their money to make more money i don't know if they'll have the the mj money or just the the ownership money to 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 get into that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm wondering what you think about that. Well, I tell you this. One thing we have to remember is that MJ is kind of doing what Al Davis did for 30 years with the Raiders, where he's got control. It's the same thing Jerry Reinsdorf is doing with the Bulls. He's got control, but he only owns, I think, like a 20% share or something like that. Yeah, he 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 only offered up twenty five million, and he could. Mm-hmm. But the thing yeah, is, only twenty five million. No big. Well, there's there's athletes <laughs> to come up with. I mean, you know, if he had to come up with you know three hundred million, that's one thing. But you know, he's the he's a principal owner for you know through a twenty five million dollar investment. I think I think that some athletes could come up with that in the next you know over the next few decades. Yeah, I agree. But you, we got to remember too. Um, it wasn't like Mike just went and made a withdrawal and came in with a money order for twenty five million dollars. <laughs> exactly. You know, he had to make some things work. There were Wait. questions about how much money he could get together to put this bid, and if he's only only getting $25 million together. Right. I don't know who else is going to. I mean, we for, Jordan didn't make them, you know, during the first stint of his career when he was, you know, like the 30th highest player, paid player in the league and stuff like that. He didn't rack up that much loot, Nate but he made there. all that endorsement money. Right. I don't know, other than LeBron James, I don't know who's even got the potential to make that kind of money that Jordan was making. I, I, I mean, just, I guess maybe maybe Kobe – you know, obviously he's a he's owns a a soccer team or whatever, yeah, Kobe, or a piece of a soccer KG, team in Italy. So LeBron, I mean, he's, I mean, he's there are guys who will be NFL in that side, realm. I would Brady, imagine, you know, a Rod. I mean, they're 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 athletes that are making. Some oh, okay. money. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. So taking this beyond just basketball. Yeah, yeah. Let, I mean, let me, I just think this is the first. Jordan being the first in the NBA to do it, I think is is groundbreaking. But I think it's a trend that maybe, hey, who knows where this goes beyond this. Yeah, well, you also got to – those guys who are going to do that, it, it's not just that you have to make the money. You've kind of got to make that decision. Like Jordan – one thing I'll give Jordan is that he made the decision that, okay, I'm going to be a businessman, right? right? I got this money. This is what I'm going to do with it. And I think a lot of that had to do with Falk and the people around him where they saw the vision of what Jordan could build and where he could go. Because, I mean, we forget sometimes that Sonny Vaccaro saw this coming in 1984. Right. You know, he knew exactly that this was what it was going to be, and Jordan had such a unique set of qualities that really drew people into him. I think it's Halberstam's uh, Plan for Keeps that really points out very well about this universal appeal to Jordan that made him so much different. And it also allowed him where David Stern is like, oh, no, Mike's going to get a team. No, 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 don't sweat that. Don't don't worry about that. Michael is going to get this team. I wonder how many owners are going to be that inviting of players moving into that wing of their world. Because even you look at football – Al Davis is the most amazing case to me, where he went from coach to strong-arming ownership, right. but he literally had to strong-arm it while somebody was out of town in the 70s. Right. 
right? Now that's that's a great point, Bomani, and and I think if you think you know you think about some of the other guys who have done it across different sports lines, you know Mario Lemieux in Pittsburgh, you know the yeah. ultimate success for a former player to go and be the face of a franchise as an owner, and they and they have. Championship success. Those you know what franchises I mean? are obviously, you know, not not as expensive. No, well, know, I mean, but the the fact is, you're doing the same job, whether it's with you know, football, and, hockey, or whatever. I just think it's the same dynamic. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very true. And and I just think that the the main question, if if we're trying to look in the in the crystal ball, you know, twenty thirty years down the line, is our athletes, you know going to get smart with their money. Like, for instance, I was doing some research, you know, for a piece, and I came across this, uh, th- this, this list, you know, the six main reasons why pro athletes go broke. You know, one was bad investments, and they're talking about people like, um, you know, Tory Hunter and Drew Bledsoe, and then, you know, frivolous spending and misplaced trust. You, you know, tons of people have sued handlers for, you know, basically jerking them around, um, divorce, um, you know, all these children, you know, they even went to the, the children oh, out of okay, wedlock no, thing, you know what I'm saying? Don't go down that alley. Um, entourages, you know. So, like, it, it, what what I would like to see is at some point for, for athletes in general to take the example of Michael Jordan, Mario Lemieux, and start doing better with their money yeah. and, 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 you know, flip things around and take ownership. You know, the one, because I agree with you, but I think the one thing that we forget about with athletes and entertainers when they go broke is that these are the only worlds where you can get rich before you're smart and before you're mature enough to know what to do with it, right? Exactly, yeah. Everywhere else, if any of us ever get rich, and by us I mean y'all because I'm going to borrow money from you when it happens, <laughs> you will have reached the point in your life where you know what to do. But it was a couple of years, um, a couple months Not ago. Me. I had to go back and um, do some stuff for our good friends at the Revenue Service. So I was going back through old bank statements. And I was blown away how much money I was spending on stuff. Like, I was like, did I really? Like, where, huh? Like, what, 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 how did this go? And I realized, oh, I was 25 or 26 with more money than I'd ever had. Like what? Right. Give us an example. Um, that's the thing about it. I was just looking like Best Buy. <laughs> what did I buy at Best Buy that cost this much? <laughs> you know, it was just, you just looked at it and it was just like, dude, all this money is going out. Right. Where is it going to? And when you're young, you give a 20, you give a 23-year-old $5, he'll spend $5. You give him 50, he'll spend 50. You give him 50 mil, he'll spend 50 mil unless there's somebody around him that is going to, you know, hey, this is what you need to do. But the only reason somebody's going to do that is if they got something to gain, and those people often are sharks. Like, if I recall, was it Dr. J, Kareem, or both? They got robbed by their handlers. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's too many. This too is many not a count. new phenomenon. I think you know, you 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 raise a great point. It's not something that just started with today's NBA. Um, it's been going on forever, and it'll probably go on forever, yeah. like you said, because you have to be listening to someone with that kind of knowledge at that age. You know, when you're young, mm-hmm. when you're 20, and you're getting your hands on that money for the first time. If not, you could end up. Like Jordan, or you could end up like Antoine Walker and some of these other guys that we hear in these cautionary tales. This, this, oh, this too, dude, man, Bo, that gambling is a dangerous game, man. Man, Bo, quit talking about Best Buy. You know you got a closet full of fur coats, man. <laughs> Look, man, <laughs> if I could have a closet full of fur coats, I certainly would, but that uh, was my ain't it. Yeah, 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 I feel you. Listen, feel man, you. when we make our first million, we're going to have you come shopping with us. How about no that? No doubt. 
dude. Buy all the fur coats you want. Since I first got to college in Atlanta in 1997, I went to the Versace store, and they told me the cheapest thing they had was a $50 keychain. I've always thought to myself, man, I can't wait till Seku and Vince get paid. We got that money. I used to walk around that store and play name that price. Me and my friends would go around and grab stuff and say, hey, man, how much you think this costs? <laughs> <laughs> we scream across. And I told them, I'm going to tell you, man, one day Seku's going to get his money. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to shut this whole thing down. Both say cool already paid, man. You should see these gold fronts he got on in the exactly. studio, man. Hey, man, I know where me and say cool going to kick it next time I come to Atlanta. <laughs> uh, and then there yeah. was another. <laughs> Dude, I ding, know ding, we going to go ding. to New Birth, man. Hang exactly. out with Eddie Long. Read the Bible. Just post Exactly. We're going to go get some knowledge, man. Uh, bro, yeah, man. L- listen, bro, it's lovely, Bomani, we, we loved having you, and we definitely will have you back in the, in the uh, spot here because – you got knowledge, and, and we love to hear it. Morning, hey, I Jones. appreciate it. Say, cool, man, I got to have you on my show before too long, man. It's the first time we've actually gotten to speak, so I'm kind of glad for it. No doubt. The Morning Jones on Sirius Channel 98. Yes, yes sir. 7 to 10 a.m. If you're up in the morning, you might as well listen to that show because it's the best thing going. You know, I, that, I honestly, like, without joking, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that because today I heard somebody else on his radio show was – having the 10 most dateable qualities in women, and people were raving about that. And I had to explain to somebody, man, these other cats talk about the games, and that's cool, and we do that too, but we talk about the game. There you go, baby. <laughs> there you go, Bo. There he is, Bomani Jones. All Listen, right, we homie. appreciate you, man. All right, man, y'all take it easy. Take care. Vince. Yo. Uh, I don't think I have 10 qualities that would make me dateable. I don't think I possess those qualities anymore. <laughs> no, I'm did serious. You really, I, did you really just look at me like for no, like just, con, like like confirmation or affirmation? No, like I, just, I was gonna I say, no, yes, about you do. No, say I, you got ten qualities that that a woman would find attractive. No, I don't. No, I don't. Well, I'm, yeah. done, I'm done with Duh. those qualities. I'm done with those qualities, kid. <laughs> Yo, I had it. I'm. Well, I really wanted to get in to the athlete thing, man. I mean, I want I want to just run down one other list as, as we wait as we're waiting for our other guests. No, come on. Just this just, guy in these lists, man. Just I, give me get Clint. I, <laughs> help me out here. This this is the list thing. It's kill this cat is killing me. Listen, man. I don't want to hear no more lists. Listen to some of these athletes that went broke, man. Kenny Anderson. Kenny Anderson made some money, man. He listen, made, man, Chibs is my guy, man. And it's, he was so my much involved in college. Yeah, so Scotty Pippen. Musim Muhammad. Marion Jones. Marion Jones playing ball in the WNBA now. Why? Well, I mean, she had problems, though. You know? Spree. No comment. You know? I mean, Michael yeah. Vick. We are know Michael Vick. Too. Dick the Night Train Lane. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what that's Before about. Before your time. And, of course, the number one, well, Tyson. Come on. <laughs> come on, man. Tyson made so much money. Like, you know, I don't, think, I don't think Merriweather will ever go broke. I think that Merriweather has a lot more business acumen than a lot of people give him He's from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Of course he'll never go back. Oh, is that how, what it is? Yeah, I mean, don't forget now. Don't forget. <laughs> Listen, I, I do think, though, I mean, there was a Sports Illustrated story, I think, to, last year or the yeah. year before, uh, that really, by Pablo Estore, that really detailed some of these things. Just, how you and know, why and it, athletes go exact, broke. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a fantastic, you know, explanation for some of the pitfalls that, you know, these guys fall into. And think about it. Did you see the part in there? Where I forget which player it was was talking about one of his boys invented, you know, had a had an invention where you would uh, blow up a bubble around your car in in flood zones, like or in you know in hurricane zones, and that that was supposed to be a way of protecting your your vehicle in case of something like Katrina. And he invested in this company. And I'm thinking, you really? I mean. <laughs> You really thought that was a good idea? (laughs) (laughs) That was the next big thing, say. And so when, 
when that money's gone, you you asking yourself what happened, and it's like think. You gotta think before you, know, you do these things. You know what I don't like though? I don't like when regular people like me. I'm not gonna put you in there because you're rich. But when regular <laughs> people like me and everyone else in America and the world, when they say, "Man, you know, how could you go through so much money?" You know, yeah. like you just the other the the other day, you were telling me how you were in college and you could you could you know string together you know uh, man, tw- twenty dollars in a week. <laughs> what? But you know, I, no, you couldn't I can stretch twenty bucks. Easy. How? Well, how are you eating? I was po' broke and lonely. I could make it work. <laughs> right. You ain't going on no dates. You ain't uh, yeah. going out to the bar. Yes, it was rough. Well, how, but, you, I mean, you know, it's like when you were young, younger and you had to stretch gas money, you know, and you had to yeah. stretch this amount of money from this check to that check. Hey, these pump guys and run, don't have, baby. Pump and run. Yeah, these guys don't have that dilemma. No, not <laughs> yeah. You can't pump and run. That's illegal, <laughs> man. <laughs> you know, dine and dash. I mean, you know, yeah. you do what you got to do All when that. you don't have any money. Sn- uh, uh, sma- snatch and grab. Exactly. Smash, I mean, not grab. listen, but not everybody has to worry about a shortage of funds. You know, there are there are those of us in the world Guys like uh, our next guest, Mark, Mark Spears, Spears at Yahoo Sports, where the money is falling out of their pockets. Man, Mark, can I borrow five dollars? In Mike? fact, I need Mark? to. Bu- I need to borrow a little cash from Mark. Uh, I don't. I, you know, I don't need a lot. I just need to borrow a little bit. Yeah. Well, what's up, Mark? Who's standing behind a podium on TV every day? <laughs> <laughs> you need to loan me some money, <laughs> Big Cheese. What's up, yeah, sir? For real. <laughs> What's going on with you? Man, life is good, man. Yeah, I mean, I listen. I still got a job. Yeah. You know, they still pay me on Fridays. It's all right. <laughs> well, there listen, we've been we've been tossing around not only uh, this dilemma facing, you know, some players, former players in the NBA and this this idea, but also ownership uh, and Michael Jordan in uh, taking over the majority uh, control of the Bobcats. You live in Oakland now, back in the Bay Area where I know you born, you know, and raised – there's some ownership situation going on out there with the Warriors. I mean, what's what's the vibe out there right now with today's announcement that uh, you know <laughs> we gonna be free? I, I saw a parade out in front of the Coliseum. <laughs> no, I, I drove down there to uh, talk to Nelson and Drew this morning, mm-hmm. and uh, this is something that's probably long overdue. Uh, hey, I grew up in the Bay Area. I was. Loved to run TMC years and, right. yeah, you know, the TMC. Joe Barely Cares years, Sleepy, Sleepy Floyd, Floyd, Larry, you know, Shoot Hard Hat, Rick Barry. Uh, Rod Higgins. No, I'm, I'm not that old. You, you ain't going back to Rick Barry? <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, this, it, it, this is a hungry, hungry basketball area. It, it's amazing to me how much they love basketball here, yet have had little reward. I mean, you're talking about one playoff appearance since 94 right. and uh the amazing thing is they're like 12th in the league in attendance right i've been going to a lot more games now that i live here and and the place is packed so it makes you wonder what could it be if this team was good and so i don't think they're going to have any problem selling this franchise uh think about it the bay area is one of the best markets why would players not want to come here it's a huge media market with three teams. You're in a, while there's other pro teams, this is the only NBA franchise. Right. Uh, they don't have a lot of money on their books in the future. You have two young stars to build around. I think uh, it'll get sold quickly. I wouldn't be surprised if Larry Ellison of Oracle bought the team. And you know, this is this is one of those franchises in the big market that don't come around uh, too often. And uh, 
it's going to get sold quickly, I believe. Mark, Mark, you just you you brought something up that um sound, was was interesting. So you said there are two young stars to build around. So you are not of the thinking that they're shipping Monte out so that this can become Steph's squad and and go forward. Uh. It's hard to say because I don't know who the new owner is and what they're going to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you, you know, think? What do you think they should do? Uh, hey, my guys uh, that I work with here has written about you know Jerry West coming in. Wow. And so yeah. when new ownership comes in, shoot, everybody's up for grabs. Anything can happen. You you don't know what they're going to do. So I think it's really really hard to say. Um, you know, I I actually think it might not have been a bad idea to make that trade. With Memphis to bring Sabit and and um, OJ Mayo here because I think he would have fit in. Those two guys would have fit in good with the franchise, and Ellis and uh, Mayo would have fit in well together. And I, I do think that Monte would would fit in great in Memphis and and would have sold a lot of tickets because he's not far from he's from not far from there. But they didn't do it, and maybe the pending ownership change uh, was a part of that. I I, I kind of figured something was up when they decided not to raise ticket prices next year. <laughs> Um, but the, this is a more intriguing place, and I think people realize not being around here, you can't tell, but even players like Rondo have told me that this is one of the harder – to him, this is the hardest place to play in the league. Mm-hmm. You guys remember how it was when, when they played Dallas, when they played Utah two years ago or three yep. years ago. It's a very intimidating place that can't use its powers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you Listen – You've been a, you've covered the league for years, obviously, uh, in Denver, in Boston. You've been around the NBA for years. Been around basketball your whole life, obviously. You've seen teams retool with young talent. You, you were there for the start of Carmelo's uh, NBA career in Denver. How do you make that assessment if you're Golden State about who stays and who goes and who you build around and who you don't. Is, is, is Steph Curry that guy well, that you build around? the teams from the D-League so they can walk out the door right now. Yo, for real. That is, that, that is, you like, know, that is D-League Central they ain't over there. They contract anyway. You know, so, but they're hungry. Um, it, I think, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, to me, Vedrins is somebody that I wouldn't be surprised if they're gone. Um, Randolph is somebody they're excited about, but he's been hurt. Um, you got the kid from North Carolina um, that they had high hopes for, Brendan. Brendan, right? And, yeah, and yeah. he got hurt. It, it'd be look, whatever. If assuming they get sold, if a new GM comes in, if they decide to let Larry Riley go, who I, I think has actually a couple years on his deal, right? Um, if they let him go, there's going to be a lot of decisions to be made, and yeah, maybe that. Curry, uh, Ellis debate comes to that GM too. Maybe he says, okay, Monte has value. I could probably move him for a big because I, I do think they need a big. And maybe they get it in a draft. They, all their big men are 10 men. You know what I mean? They're all, all skinny. Well, let me ask you this, Mark. What is going to make people from San Jose get in the car and drive up there? Oh, they come. And, and watch that team night after night with the anticipation that there's something more than just – the idea that, hey, we, we, we're loyal supporters and we're going to watch our team, but we have yeah. no expectation of this being anything other than what it's been all these years. It's That's that's the thing. I mean, I've, I've said that you can put five old ladies on the on the floor and, <laughs> and people here will come and watch it. I, I, I'm just amazed. I don't get it. I, I mean, they just love basketball that much. 
And if there was a winner there here, it it it'd be one of the better places to play in the league. It would attract the free agents. Go ask all the former Warriors players. They loved it here. Mm-hmm. Whether they lived in in the Oakland area or or they live in in San Francisco, I mean, shoot, I don't think a lot of people realize you could be without traffic. You could be in downtown San Francisco from the Oakland Coliseum Arena in less in twenty minutes. So I mean, but Mark. So I mean, you hear about um, all the the the, the cities um, that these players like to live in, that these players like to play mm-hmm. in. But how much does um, you know, Mike, our producer, w- w- was just wondering how much does that actually play in to uh, a, a player's decision on on where he goes in free agency? Because I mean, we all know that at the end of the day, it always seems like they go where they get paid the most money. Well, you know, it's interesting. I I was in Denver. When uh, you know pre Mello and you know Nick Van Exel was a star there, and I remember writing a story about how you know black players didn't want to come to Denver because they didn't think there were any black people there, mm-hmm. um, and and in in the snow, <laughs> and then they get Carmelo, and then all of a sudden, hey, uh, well, what ain't free, that cold there? What free agent have they gotten? You know, since since Carmelo came, like what? I mean, they haven't. I mean, they've got Andre Miller there. They got Kenya Martin. Kenya Martin yeah. Um, they were able to re-sign Marcus Camby. So, um, and they were able to bring some guys in, and then they they filled the rest through the you know draft and trades and whatnot. But if, if Denver has money, I think a lot of quality free agents will consider going there, where in the early part of the last decade they wouldn't. Um, as far as here, I don't know that they they don't really have the money – I guess for a marquee guy here, they could get a you know one good free agent, maybe like eight ten million dollar range. But you know, I don't know that that comes now. I don't know if you want to try to spend that money now. Maybe you wait and see what you can get in the draft, and there'll probably be another rebuilding year. But you know, LeBron James isn't walking through that door, nor is Boozer or Joe Johnson. But I do think they could probably turn this around quicker than you think. I speaking of speaking of turning it around. Um... You, now Boston is they're, they're starting to play a little bit better, and you know, for people that don't know, um, Mark covered the, the Celtics for the Boston Globe, and you know, even when you moved over to Yahoo, you were still in Boston for for a while, correct? Uh, Mark, a month. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you were there for a minute. You were there long. You were there long enough. Take you long. Didn't take you long to get out the cold, huh? I, you know, but the, the, where's the change of address card? Yeah. No, I loved it out in Boston, yeah. but yeah. they wanted me to move out west. I feel you, and I mean a lot of people um, are starting to write Boston's eulogy already, and you know saying that they're too old, saying mm-hmm. that they're not. Oh, I've written it a few times. You've written it a few times. I've written it a few times. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not there. I'm, I'm wondering. I'm wondering, Mark, where you're at with Boston. I mean, like, I still think that Boston, you know, can can make a run in the playoff and and win a championship. I think they're a championship. But you team. know what, Boston's like San Antonio. They're that team that. You know, you got to worry about them hitting hitting you in the back of the head, even though, you, you know, it's like your daddy. You know your daddy can still punch you in the mouth if he wants to. Right, <laughs> right. He's getting older, but he, I ain't trying to fight my daddy. You know what I mean? Right. Um, the thing that helps a team like Boston and San Antonio in the playoffs is that you're going to get two days off between. There's no, no back-to-backs. There's long timeouts. It aids an old team. Mm-hmm. The one thing to keep in mind about Boston right now is they're deep. So you don't need Garnett and Pierce, who's starting to pick it up, 
to play 40 minutes a game now. They can play less minutes a game now. But I just don't know. I don't even know if it's it's age as a team. I think it all centers around it. Everybody, there's this dang elephant in the room that nobody talks about, and it's Garnett. Okay, Garnett's knee is not the same. Right. He's not running the same. They exude energy from him. He is the heart and soul of that team. He's the one that makes that defense go. And, you know, if you watch him play, he's not getting the defensive rebounds he was getting yeah. before. He's not getting the offensive rebounds he's getting before. He's still scoring okay. He's not covering he never was a great scorer. They don't yeah. need him to score a lot. But he's just not the same on both ends of the court as he was. You'll see a guy like Chris Humphreys moving him out of the way and getting a rebound. That would never happen wow. before. You, you know what I think is different about Boston and, and San, San Antonio, though, Mark, you know, and, and, and disagree with me freely? I, I don't know if San Antonio right now, from pop on down, believes that they can win a championship. I think that Boston – as like right now, right today, thinks that when they get into the playoffs, they're heading to the championship. You know, I I just I guess I'll disagree in this. Boston just talks a lot more smack. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, say say cool here, you know, say cool. No, they they don't. They like they, the, yeah. they don't be running their mouths like the Celtics. Yeah, uh, do, I, well, you know? do you, th- you think they're selling wolf tickets? You don't you don't really think they believe that, Mark? You don't think oh, they, yeah, they believe it? I think it's fine. They believe it. San Antonio's not going to go in the in the in the arena and say, "Hey, we still good." Yeah. No, they're going to go show you. Boston's exactly. going to try to show you and tell you yeah. the whole time, up and down the court. You think some of that is insecurity? Of course. I I think Mark. You know what I think it is, and I think we saw some of it come to light even the year they won the championship when we were here in Atlanta and back and forth in Boston for that first round series against the Hawks. When when you know you have some chinks in your armor. You can't help but be sensitive to them when somebody pokes you there. And the mm-hmm. Celtics have been getting poked. Think about it. Even the year they won it, they didn't have a, a magic carpet ride to the finals. They had to battle for that thing. Mm-hmm. And I think they know that there's a mortality with the team and the way it was put together. Mark, you watched it. Yeah. When you when you don't build when you build overnight like that, you must know that this thing could come falling down at any time. What what happened? What happened, Mark? And, and, and say cool to. All the trash talk in the league, like I, you know, I I love that the, whether or not Boston believes it or not, whether or not it's to mass insecurity, I love that they come out there woofing and you know with you know uh, 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 fabricated chip on their shoulder. You know, I, I don't know if I'm impressed me. with it, but I like it. How come? How come more teams <laughs> aren't like that anymore? I miss that, man. Uh, maybe I don't think the younger generation talks as much smack as we do. You no, know, I think they. Um, I think so many of them are friends, Mark. You know what I yeah, mean? Like these they, guys they, all know you each know, other. I mean, shoot, back when I was playing in college, somebody like I watch stuff now. Somebody fall on the ground, we ain't picking them up. <laughs> and if I fell on the ground, someone put another team put their hand down. I ain't grabbing it. Well, when you ran me over in uh, Detroit during the finals when we played pickup all that time, and we oh, supposed to be no. partners, you didn't help me up. Then you, yeah. you talked noise to me after it. I mean, I. I was I was a little skeptical after that. I was like, maybe me and this dude ain't as good of friends as I thought. What he did is what he, <laughs> it, it, it trucked me in front of everybody he punk, and he then helped you me off. up. That's yeah. what he did. He punked you off. He yeah, punched he, you like a punk. Exactly. 
What, so what you got? What do you have to say about hey, that? You now? Know, I don't know. I would hang up on him, but <laughs> I don't have a phone in here. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, now now we wore we wore out. We, we had to battle <laughs> on a chessboard or something. Now yeah. we ain't playing no more, man. Nah, but I mean, Mark, I just think, it's a new generation. They just yeah. they don't talk like we you know no. we used to talk. I mean, man. they don't they don't they, they and then, you know they're doing the what, I'm not even get it. Even, even the screaming on the dunk. Remember how we used to scream when we dunked and uh, they don't even do that. After no, they, they, they don't hey, even. They don't when even you like to the rim no more. They want to be pretty. You mean when you dunked? Uh, <laughs> well, he, I think he means we as in generation. But yes. you know what I think is – but you know what's real funny to me, though, is that now, um, you know, people talk about trash talking um, – with, with with such innocence, you know, like they ran up, they ran a poll in Sports Illustrated uh, earlier this season, and there wasn't the negativity and the Armageddon, you know, doomsday a- attached to it like there was before when trash talking was supposed to be the the death of civilization in America. Now, you know, somebody like Kevin Garnett, you can almost clap for him for for, for selling some woof tickets. No, I'm, you not, know? I'm not clapping for that. And Mark, you why do you hate why do you hate the Celtics so much? What do you what do they do to you? It's did not they just, do something personal. No, I, I love. Hey, hey he from Michigan. Man, come on, I, Detroit. <laughs> I spent a lot of quality time in Boston the last few years. Believe me, I, I really appreciate the city of Boston. What I don't like, Mark, and I think we've had numerous conversations about this, I don't like that erector set attitude about a franchise. I don't like it when you do it overnight because I know how hard the fall is. But, but they got a title. I know that. I mean, you can justify it. There's no question. They got a title. But it's just not it. – I, I, that doesn't sit with me. I well, you see where the heat. That. You see where the heat are at right now. You know, f- that's what not, not more than five seasons after that. But that's what I'm saying. But they got a title. They you get the get title. It. You get the. You get. You get what you were looking for. Ultimately, hey, look at Golden State. They haven't been able to do that. They can't get past the. Yeah. Get to the <laughs> I'm, I'm, ta- I'm taking the title, man. I'm nah. taking that one. I'm taking that one euphoric ride. Nah, uh, for, for, I mean, for, I'll tell you what. When the I was out there and they won the championship, that was a really special time, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just really, really. I, I just don't like the aftertaste I'm, of of that quick fix, man. We saw Mark holding. We saw Mark um, getting uh, sweating and saliva sprayed on him with, with, by Kevin Garnett uh, during the um, the uh, interview with Michelle Tafoya. Yeah, anything is possible. Mark standing up there with his with his digital recorder, got saliva on his upper lip. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, listen, you've been around. You, you certainly showed me the ropes when I first started covering the league, and, and uh, forever appreciative of that mark um listen i vince and i both we're sitting here right now we, we're sending letters right now to your congressman hoping that you get the right ownership out there in the yeah, Bay Area. Absolutely. we don't want to see you and the rest of warriors nation be miserable for another 40 years be, we need be, y'all happy be, be, and, and i know we got to go be, but real quick mark because there, i believe it was um warriors uh lakers and when the lakers came to town and it was a, a, a somewhat you know close game but I mean, the Oracle was rocking, and I remember thinking, you know, there, we need this crowd and and this arena and this city in the playoffs in April and May as much as possible because it's just an atmosphere and a vibe that you can't really get. And selfishly else. for media, everybody loves coming here. Yeah, man. yeah you know, absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. That's why we need Toronto to be good. In Miami. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cleveland, come on. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Exactly. Well, you heard it here, Cavs fans. Mark is Mark um, telling is uh, Cleveland. Yeah, yes. he, he wants he wants LeBron down in Miami <laughs> with Dwayne Wade. <laughs> All no doubt. good cities unite. You no know? doubt, no doubt. Listen, right, Mark, Mark. Mark Spears, Yahoo Sports. Mark, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, hey, man, can I say something? Well, go ahead, man. Hey, say cool, man. You, you can't make you can't make fun of me. I know. Go ahead, man. No, no, man. No, you guys listen. to This guy, you know, he's new to 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 the NBA family. 
But uh, he, he's doing a good job. I'm happy for him too, man. A good friend of mine, and we we kind of grew up through the ranks. So you know, I'm not going to talk anything. I'm going to let you be this time. <laughs> no smack but, talk today. <laughs> but, but next time I'm going to be on you. But uh, no, I'm proud of you. And what people do you know can get a new job and not have to move? <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful true. thing, sir. That's gangster. It's Go a, ahead, uh, say cool. That's gangster. It's a beautiful thing. But listen, you know where I'm from. That's how we do it in Grand Rapids. G, <laughs> Floyd. Gerald R. Ford, may he rest in peace. You know how we but do But you were the Grand smart Rapids. one to leave. <laughs> yeah, for real. Go ahead. I've been to Grand Rapids. <laughs> All Listen, right, Mark. Mark Spears, Yahoo Sports. Thank you, man. All right. Later. Take it easy. Vince, listen. Yo. we're gonna. I see right now we're going to have this debate until we get old and gray. You you like the championship overnight routine. No matter what you got to do to get it, you, you're down with that, right? Uh yes. Okay. Cuz I yes. and I listen. Yes, I I'm am. not I'm not disputing whether or not you love holding that thing in your hands after you get it. I just hate the idea that you got to sell yourself a little bit to get it and then you might be bad for the next 5 6 7 he, here's, years. Here's 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 where here's what executives and owners need to be cognizant of and I'm I'm you know they're much smarter with this stuff than I am. So you'd like to think that they are, but they just don't always show it. You need to know when, when, when it's over, when it's a wrap, right? You know what I mean? And and that's, that's, you know, sort of a, an umbrella issue that we probably don't have enough time to get into right now, but Miami won their championship, but they probably broke it up a little too late. The Celtics won their championship. I still, I think this is the last run. This is it. What, regardless of what they do this season, they need to make some personnel decisions um, in the summer. Right. You know, don't you just, if you happen to win the championship this se- with this season, which I, th- I I know you don't think is possible. I, th- I think it is a possibility, not right. a not right. a huge one, but it's a possibility. Whatever whatever happens in the summer, you still have to say, okay, we have to do something to. Um, sort of rejigger the franchise. You yeah. just can't keep. You can't keep on going. Yes, yeah, because well, they're at they're at the end of the line. It's. I mean, it's all about. Although we <laughs> oh, go oh, Lord, don't to go there. The end. It's. It's really. It's all about wanting to be. <laughs> that was my American Idol performance. <laughs> no, we, we're killing that. It's all about really if you want to be a you know because basically the Heat and Dwayne Wade will go down in the, in the annals of NBA history as a one hit wonder. Auto tune that up, Clint. You know what I mean? They're gonna. <laughs> They're gonna go down in in, in the annals as a one hit wonder, oh, as yeah. opposed to yeah. and and maybe it's naive of me because I, I you know I cut my teeth on the NBA when there were these dynasties and these teams who were good for years and years. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is what we this is our new reality, and uh, you know and not in just in the NBA but in professional sports. You don't have these teams that are championship competitors for four and five and six seasons anymore. Maybe you maybe it's you sell you sell what you got to sell to get that thing right now and then worry about this you know the, the flip side later. You need some luck, you know. You need a Paul Gasol trade. You need, you know, to you need patience. You need to stick with an Andrew Bynum. I mean, you know, the Lakers. The, the this is the this is the Lakers' third season contending, and they probably will do so for the next, you know, three seasons after this. I don't know if they'll win a championship in that time. You like to think that they will, but you know, that's the kind of that that's the kind of team that we might be calling a dynasty, you know, uh, at some point. And I, and I think that's different from what the Celtics did. Oh, it's absolutely different. And what different. Miami did. I mean, theirs was yeah. a much more of a quick fix. Yeah. When you build the way the Lakers did, and people, you know, Gasol was a shrewd trade 
on top of the fact that you already had Kobe and Bynum and some of these other pieces. I, you have I, some think, teams, it's a, I you, think it's a great debate. I mean, you know, Orlando looks like they can compete for a while. Um, you know, we'll have to see what, what Sam Priestley does with Oklahoma City. But, Sam, you know. Yeah. Sam is Sam, – and Sam's doing a heck of a job. Excuse me. I mean, he's doing a heck of a job yeah. out there. But Portland. You, you wonder all these young – any team like that, you wonder, will they have the patience to stick with whatever game plan they have and see it through, or will they do what Boston did and – Say at the last minute, be like, "Look, I know, I know, we should stick this this hard road out, but we got a chance to get KG and Ray Allen and go for it." You know what I mean? It's, it's a it's a great one of the great debates, man. It's one of the great debates, really, in terms of how you want to win. It, you, speaking of debates, because um, we got to start wrapping it up soon. But I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't at least touch on this, man. Just yet, just just <laughs> the the other day, we no. had a huge debate. It lasted on, way too long, by the way. On, I, on, on the the whole Steve Nash, is yeah. he overrated? You know, where does he rank? You, th- that kind of thing. Um, my whole thing with Steve Nash is this, um, and, and you can hit us up um, at Vince C. A. Thomas, V-I-N-C-E-C-A Thomas, at Sekou, S-E-K-O-U Smith, O-1. At Hang Time Podcast, hit us up. Let, let us know what you think. If you if you weren't involved with the conversation yesterday, I, I don't think I think that Steve Nash is only overrated if you rank him, you know, on a certain level. Um, if you if you think that he was a better point guard than Jason Kidd, if you think he was a better point guard than Gary Payton, if you think he's one of the forty greatest players to ever play the game, fifty greatest players to ever play the game, then you're out of your mind, and he's overrated. Do I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer? Of course I do. You know what I mean? You you don't uh, I mean, you don't have a different opinion about this as as I do. Um, it's not so much is he overrated. I just think you're asking yourself where does he rank on that all time list of point guards, and I don't think he ranks ahead of Jason Kidd. Is what the basis of my discussion and debate was last on on Twitter last night. The real problem I have with it is mm-hmm. with such a this is the guy right now. Yeah. You know, mentality for mm-hmm. people. Um and I think it's easy to look at and just go, well, look at Nash got these two MVPs and he's a great player and no way you could tell me Jason Kidd is better. You forget about the fact that Jason Kidd has been doing this for the better part of the last decade and a half. Yeah. Playing at a elite level at his position and is easily the best point guard of his generation over the over the entire breadth of and, his career. And the first half of the decade when Jason Kidd was at his best and, you know, easily considered the best, you know, point guard in the game and, you know, one of the best two or three guards, period, in the game, he was against Shaq and he was he, he was going up against Shaq for MVPs and I think t- that was one of the Tim Duncan back-to-back MVPs. Right. I mean, you know, Steve. I, I always say that Steve Nash, and again, Steve Nash is a great player, first ballot Hall of Famer. Sekou and I are not disputing that. But one of the things that I think about Steve Nash when it comes to this, you know, uh, debate that we were having uh, the other day is I think that the two MVPs that he got uh, have uh, have inflated his his historical import. Because, you know, that 05 MVP uh, where, where Shaq came to the Miami Heat and totally changed that franchise around and was, you know, uh, a 2010 guy and was a Dwayne Wade injury away from going to the finals and who knows. I think that was Shaq's MVP year. You know, Steve Nash got it. You know, the next year, Kobe Bryant averages 43 points per game in a month and, you know, 35 points uh, per game for the for the year took a, a, a 
just a compl- a, a putrid LA squad <laughs> uh, to to forty five wins in a very tough Western Conference. Almost beat Steve Nash's Phoenix Suns, you know, in in the first round of the playoffs. That should that I think that should have been Kobe's MVP, MVP that year. So again, questionable. But people look, you know, twenty years from now when your children um, and and their friends look at basketball reference, you know, and they're looking at uh, Steve Nash in comparison to uh, Jason Kidd, and they see, oh, Steve Nash won two MVPs. Well, he's got to be better. Steve Nash won two MVPs. Well, he's got to be better than Barry Payton. Steve Nash won two MVPs. He's probably better than Isaiah Thomas. No. <laughs> Fall back. Fall back. So, you know, and, and like that, that's where I think the conversation goes with the Steve Nash, Nash being overrated. If you rate him as a Hall of Famer, then you have him rated where he should be. But once you start, you know, getting into some, some different kind of rankings w- with him and where he rates among the all-time greats. That's when you get into trouble, Sam. Right. I know. Listen, we we went at, you know, we went at it with some people last night. I know initially you you were uh you questioned my where I stood on this whole thing and, and I told you it's not a question of is he great? It's a question of how great is he compared to the other greats of all time? And that's where Absolutely. you run into yeah. into uh a tough spot. Now I will tell you this. Yo. You need to go ahead and um, pass me, you know, just reach in your pocket and give me your passport right quick. <laughs> Cuz they're not messing with you. At first, oh, at I can't first go to Canada you're already anymore. banned in Jersey. Oh. <laughs> and now you're done north of the border. So well, you know, I don't care about Vancouver, but Toronto's one of my <laughs> cities, man. I grew up in Buffalo right across the border. I can't go to Toronto no, anymore. No, that's Nash say? country, dude. They're, you're done. Well, you can't go to Boston. You know the way you were flipping on KG and they Paul love me and Ray and Rondo and everybody, man. You Listen. got personal problems with the guys over there. They love us What's in up? Boston. Listen, they love us. They love us there. And, and we love being here, so... Round two of the Hangtime Podcast. Bomani, thank you. Bomani Jones. Bo. Mark Bomani Spears, Jones. thank Mark you. Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports came in and chopped it up. And, and we're working on some nice little enjoyable. things for next week, aren't we, Seth? We, we're going to see what happens. Yeah, okay. We're, we're going to see what happens. Hit we're us gonna... up, guys. Hangtime Podcast at Hangtime Podcast. Absolutely. And NBA.com for all your needs. Yeah. You can find it all on NBA.com. <laughs>